Welcome to our Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel, a transformative leader and executive coach in areas of public policy, social change, and spiritual entrepreneurship. We understand that today's life and social challenges require a more holistic approach, including spiritual tools, thoughtful dialogue, and of course, community building. Join us in the conversation. Today, I want to talk about uh, when is the right time to quit? When is the right time to stick with it? We all know it's, it's a good idea to stick with things. We're all taught to be tenacious, but we're also, we know in our lives there are times when it's good to quit certain things. And it's very hard to know the answer, which is which. Um, this last week, I attended an event uh, actually with Tony. Uh, we went to Halcyon House in Georgetown. Uh, they had an event for their entrepreneurs. And um, one of the things that you observe when you work with entrepreneurs and investors is that they look for primarily two traits in the entrepreneurs, and that is tenacity, the, you know, be, the ability to stick with things through thick and thin, and coachability. And that's the ability to take advice. And if someone has those, they will usually be successful. And very often the success that they'll achieve as an entrepreneur is not what they started with because through their tenacity, they've had a pivot and change and adapt to what's going on. And through their coachability, they were open to getting advice from others when things didn't go as planned, which they almost never do. But the challenge I find in life is, is more knowing when not to be tenacious, when to quit. Um, this is a big phenomenon going on in our culture right now. Um, in another event that I attended this uh, uh, last week with business leaders, uh, it was mainly you know, managers, directors, uh, partners of companies, and they were sharing their frustration that after the COVID pandemic, their employees were not coming back to work. And this is generally more generational, but but across the generations, people are not coming back to work. And this was at one point called the great resignation. People were leaving their jobs, but this is different. They're still working at their jobs. They're just kind of, they call it quiet quitting. They're just kind of checking out. They're just doing the bare minimum. They're not showing up to the office and it's like the great resignation, but they're still working at the job and, and the executives right now, this is their number one topic. They cannot figure out how do you get people to work? Uh, one of the leaders in the meeting said uh, very somewhat sarcastically, uh, that's fine. You know what our response to quiet quitting is? It's called soft firing. And so we're just firing these people. So there's something going on in the culture right now. I think it's the after effects of COVID, which made us really question the workplace, our place in it. And I think particularly young people now are looking at the generation ahead of them and said, you know, you all made this deal that you worked like dogs, you worked your whole life, you know, to make enough money to pay for things and then to retire, but you didn't have balance in your life and we want more balance. And so that, that seems to be driving some of it. Um, my question is that uh, we're still in this capitalist system. So what do you do when you quiet quit or you, you know, you, re you resign and then you have to pay your rent? at the end of the month. 
Um, you know, you can't just go to your landlord and say, hey, I quiet quit or I resigned from my job because I don't buy into the system. Um, so we're kind of stuck. But it is a really interesting phenomena right now of people quitting on things. Um, churches are dealing with this too. Uh, I recently did a funeral for a family friend, his mother, and I got to spend time with the pastor of the church that they attend. And he was saying, um, I just, you know, he said, you know, just pastor to pastor, hey, how's it going? And he was like, it's not. Like our bills are up, our attendance is way down. Uh, we're not getting young people. And they had a huge, very large church in uh, more in the suburbs. And they were just, he was just like, um, you know, I've got a master of divinity. I don't know what else I can do, but I want out. Like I want out of this. It's just, how do I quit? Uh, the people have quit on me and I want to quit on them or I want to quit. And it was just uh, a phenomenon. They felt stuck. They couldn't quit, uh, but they felt people had quit on them. And I hear this uh, in churches across the board in our tiny denomination uh, with it, you know, it doesn't have the huge infrastructure of these other denominations. We can really feel that because we're smaller and, um, you know, people are just saying, well, if they're not interested in church, you know, let's try, maybe we should try something else. What should we be offering? So this, this issue of people quitting jobs, quitting church, quitting institutions is interesting. And if you're from an older generation, the answer is easy. Stick with it. Don't quit. Don't bounce around. Um, but it's not, that's just a glib answer. That's not really it. It's more complicated than that. Because all of us have been in situations, or at least I expect all of us, I know I have, been in situations where I stayed too long. I've stayed too long in, with jobs or, or, or clients. I've stayed too long in relationships. I've stayed too long in organizations. And I should have left, and, but I stayed. So probably too long. And then I've done, in my life, I've left things and I've always wondered, what if I had stayed longer? Maybe, you know, things would have gotten better. I don't know. This is really tough. Um, there's a group called The Clash and they famously have a song, Should I Stay or Should I Go? And that's kind of how I feel uh, for us right now. You know, sometimes you have to say, should I stay? Should I go? It's really tough. Uh, one of the books that's really informed me on this topic that I read a number of years ago now by Seth Godin, whose books are always pretty good. I always enjoy his books. But it's a book called The Dip. And he talks about when you should stay, when you should go. And he says, and I'm quoting, um, is your life in a dip that you hold on tenaciously that will turn into great success? Or are you in a cul-de-sac going around and around in circles, convincing yourself that something good will come of it? And the cul-de-sac, I love that image of a cul-de-sac traveling in that little circle that you can feel like you're stuck in sometimes. Could be a terrible relationship, as he says, an abusive environment people stick with because they can't imagine a way out. Um, and you just need to get out. But you say, well, I just if I know I stick with this person or this job, things will get better. And they don't. Um, worse, sometimes you can get in those situations. And if you're like me, I have sometimes a hero complex where I think I can solve it, so I'll stick with it. I'll be the dutiful one. And you kind of um, end up picking up the pieces of things that are falling apart around you. It's not, it's not a healthy way to, to, to be. So you really gotta know your boundaries and say, you know, I need, sometimes I need to get out of this and sometimes I need to stay. One of the pearls of wisdom in the book was, uh, he says, 
If you can get through the dip and keep going when the system expects you to stop, you will achieve extraordinary results. Quitting when you hit the dip is a bad idea. If the journey you started was worth doing, quitting when you hit the dip wastes the time of everything you've done and already invested. Quitting in the dip often enough and you'll become a serial quitter, starting many things but accomplishing little. Wow, so that's a strong case for sticking with things. But then he also says, strategic quitting is a conscious decision you make based on the choices that are available to you. If you realize you're at a dead end compared with what you could be investing in, quitting is reasonable and a smart choice. So he presents both sides. These are, you know, both sides of the coin. One of the stories that I remember in the book, and, I, and I'll try to paraphrase, but I, he did talk about uh, uh, a gentleman who, in the gold rush period, like put all of his resources, sold everything, put all of his resources into digging for gold, did it for a number of years, hired people to help him, bought all the equipment, and dig, 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 no gold, and he quits. And um, I believe that a year later, the person who bought his property landed on one of the biggest gold rushes. Uh, if he had just stuck with it, he would have achieved that. So that's kind of a haunting story because it's like, wow, if he had just stuck with it. Um, and in the book, he basically suggests that leaders who can recognize uh, and quickly quit and move on to other things are the smart ones. So contrary to the adage that uh, winners don't quit, he says they do quit and they do it very quickly and when they realize they can spend their uh, efforts better elsewhere. So that's Seth Godin. I thought it's a fun little book. All of his books are short and fun and I encourage you to read it. Um, but we can also get some insight in this question of quitting uh, from this story. This, this story from Old Testament, which is uh, the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible. It's often very mythological. And in that story, J uh, Jacob is uh, a patriarch of the, in the Jewish faith, and he wrestles with, some say God, some say an angel, in the text sometimes a man, but it's usually kind of perceived to be Jacob wrestling with an angel. And there are a lot of theories about what happened that night, and if you think the Bible is a really boring book with not many interesting stories, the story of Jacob and uh, his father and his brother is a real soap opera. Um, just very quickly, uh, because it's, it's, it's a good story. Um, he's the second born son to Abraham, and you'll know that Abraham is the one who starts Judaism and starts monotheism uh, for all the monotheistic religions. So Abraham's the, the father of the monotheistic religions. He has two sons, Esau and Jacob, and Esau's older, so as you all know that the birthright always goes to the eldest. If you're second, you don't get anything. And um, he tricks his father by putting wool on his arm because uh, his brother Esau was hairy and his father was blind. And he convinces his father that he's his brother. His father blesses him with the birthright. Words really matter in those days. So what you say is what you get, and he gets the birthright. He steals it from his brother Esau. So. When his brother finds out, he announces he's going to kill his brother Jacob. So, good drama in the Bible, uh, not boring. 
And Jacob escapes with his family, and that's where the story starts that we read today. And he's about to arrive home and confront all these things, confront his brother and what happened. And he has the dream of, some say it's a dream, uh, some say it was an experience, of wrestling with an angel. And he pins the angel down, and, and before he's released, he says, give me a blessing. And the blessing is that he gives him the name Israel, and uh, that's where the name of the country comes from and the founding of the nation. And so it's a very dramatic moment. And I will just say also, you might be thinking, that's all he gets from a blessing from the angel is a name change. Name changes um, are symbolic of a quality change or a spiritual level of growth change. It's a big deal. So getting the name is a big blessing. So it's a fascinating story. How it relates to our topic today about quitting, I've often, in my own mind in reading it, I've often seen my own struggles as wrestling with angels or wrestling with God or, or wrestling with demons. You're wrestling with things in life. And it reminds us that we're all going to go through difficult periods. We're all going to face dips in our life, that things are kind of like not going the way we think, or we'll be in cul-de-sacs, going in circles. But the only way to grow spiritually is to wrestle with our doubts, um, wrestle with the situation, with relationships that maybe aren't healthy. Um, wrestling with addiction is another really tough one. Um, wrestling with health emergencies. Uh, wrestling with our financial situation. Um, wrestling with our desire to be liked and admired. These are all things that most of us wrestle with at one time or another. And each of you today, like me, you're each wrestling with something now. And the lesson of Jacob is stick with it. Don't panic and seek the blessing that you can receive for this new level of growth that you're going to go through. The only way you grow spiritually is by the, the, this sort of spiritual wrestling. So it may feel very uncomfortable, but it is a period of growth. Um, a good friend of mine this last week, I was sharing a challenging situation, and she said, well, you're being tested. And I thought, that's about right. It's a very good way to describe it. Sometimes we're just being tested. And another friend reminded me that when you go through a crisis, you're also preparing yourself to teach others who will need help going through those kind of crises. So it's just a good reminder that when we're in conflict or we're in a dip or in a cul-de-sac, that there can be lessons, things can, good, good can come from this and good will come from it. And we need to be tenacious until we get the clarity. Should we stay or should we go? And I really liked the, the reading from Swedenborg today. It's really one of his most um, modern ways of speaking. Sometimes he's a little indirect, but this is very direct. And he says that basically, when we're going through that wrestling, it's a period of God guiding us in our life. And that if we're motivated by good, if we have a good motivation, we're never alone, we're always with God's protection, and there's a plan in it. And I just, the, the language is just so straightforward, but a good reminder that when we're in, when we're faced with, should I stay, should I go? He writes, sometimes we're glad, other times we're sad, and often we are in states which we cannot understand, yet in all this, God moves us toward heaven. And I find that very reassuring. If your heart's in the right place, no matter how you feel about the conflict or the wrestling that you're going through, God is moving you toward heaven and has an eternal outlook on things that right now look very serious in the moment. 
So all of us can look at our lives right now and ask, what are we wrestling with? And what in that wrestling is leading us toward transformation and growth? So don't stop wrestling until you get the blessing. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel. We invite you to reach out to us with your questions and comments, as well as proposed topics for discussion. Sending you love and light. Till next episode.